having to use receipts and tickets. Oh, God, oh. yeah. No, it's, it's grim. We've all been in that situation before, but yes. <laughs> oh, tickets. Jesus. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a desperate time at university. <laughs> Smearing my face. What, what am I jumping in on? Oh, shit. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, 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 the boys are back. Well, shit, I know what music choice we're going to use at both the start and the finish of this episode, then. <laughs> Does Al-Qaeda have a theme song? Al-Qaeda's back in town. The boys of Al-Qaeda. <laughs> <laughs> opposing the government and opposing the conservatives i'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control they want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices i don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left and of course we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent are the hard left, what's it? Chris? well we know who the hard left are in the you know ascendancy I, I, within the within the labor party that. who associate with the hard left you just said so that we were right to right wing the hard left agenda Printing money, nationalisation without compensation, that sort of hard left wing position. Hard sort of left, the hard 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 left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, the hard left, 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 hard Hey guys, you're listening to the Real Politic Podcast. Um, I I'm here, like, oh like <laughs> I, I <laughs> I'm Jack. You're here. You're here just I, now. I'm I'm only half here. I'm Jack Frey. Mostly here. <laughs> and I wouldn't say that yet. <laughs> and I've and I've got my usual co-conspirator Tom Foster here with me. Pleasure as always. Always happy to be here. And returning to the show after an absence of a number of episodes, we've got our co-founder of the Real Politic podcast and a beloved member of the Real Politic family, Yair Rice. Welcome. Yeah, hi everybody. Good Coming to, to you live from Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> yeah, well, live in the sense of recorded and then edited and then released. But, yes. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much live. So, Yair, you have been, uh, you know, occupying yourself with other things recently, haven't you? I believe you, um, you defected to the PLO. Uh, yeah, that's that's right. As you, you will have seen on my Twitter, of course, you know. <laughs> Big fan, big fan. <laughs> Taking down those Zionists one peg at a time. So you've been involved in insurrection against the state of Israel, against friend of the podcast, Bibby. 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> As Paul Mason would say, 24-9. <laughs> Makes perfect sense, yeah. 24-9, like the other two days, are like just the Mason hour. But just like for days right. on end, it's like when when he... <laughs> we are gonna be bringing you a pretty kind of loose episode. I don't think we've got Tom for too long, so it might not be a massively long episode. But we're gonna try and you know talk about a few things that have been going on recently, and in keeping with the fact we've got the original trio heading up this episode. We're gonna be talking about some films like we originally did on the show oh, before yeah, politics the show was, happened. Believe it or not, a film political podcast, but we've sort of we've branched out into just politics. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We talk about other stuff, and, and we get oh, come on. We we like we talk music as well. You know, yeah, we talk about TV. music. Yeah, and TV. We talked about like TV shows for like ten minutes at the start of our episodes with Jude. Then we talked about British comedians and old comedy shows and how they've uh, dated. Comedy writers, yeah, 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 comedy writers. Using the touch. Exactly. Just how all the good totally. stuff then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and we've still done some film episodes like we did for, for the Red and the Blue. Yeah, and keeping it on you know relevant to kind of the current affairs, the election and stuff. So yeah, and we've yeah, got absolutely. stuff like that. And which we're looking forward to delving into documentaries as well. Like I know Kieran wants to head up the Gough Whitlam documentary about the Australian Labour Party and the brief Labour government that was over there and stuff. A brief, 
government. Oh yeah, that should be interesting. Incredibly like influential and transformative radical government. And of course, speaking of transformative radical, our guest for that episode will be none other than respected conservative party grandee John McTurnan. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Big John McTurn. <laughs> Everyone would have seen the incredible memes coming out of Navarro Media, and particularly Aaron Bastani when, of course, Dr. Bastano. Dr. Bastano, as he, he referred to. <laughs> the Guardian. Corbyn tells Paxman, I'm no dictator in TV debate. Pathetic. Increasingly irrelevant newspaper, The Guardian. Very sad and tragic what's going on there. Navarro's mission in one line is to make Jonathan Friedland and The Times and Danny Finkelstein and The Guardian irrelevant. Help us do it. Go to support.navaramedia.com. Help us build that new media for a different politic. 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 Um, when he and John McTurnan were on, I believe, was it Sky News? And they were debating. Yeah. And before we knew it, the cogs were turning at Navarra Media and we had an email where essentially John McTurnan will now forever be known as a Muppet. Quite literally, a Muppet. <laughs> Dr. Bastano sat next to his own creation, a Muppet that looks so exactly like John McTurnan. They literally edited out John McTurnan. Kieran like... described me as a puppeteer yesterday. You are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> are you part of the global Jewish conspiracy? <laughs> well, if you'll uh, let me, I mean, this is up to you. <laughs> You've got my formal invitation to join. <laughs> yeah, I guess I am. I, yeah. I think it was just because I was mounting a. Uh, a sinister ploy to um, embrace both the pro and anti Owen Jones factions of the left um, and win, <laughs> win their love with a, uh, a, a rapid U-turn on, on him. Yeah. And you you got to be electable, Jack. you got to be electable. Yeah. Well, so, so my idea was, you know, because we've been... Uh, uh, We've we've been put you know possibly giving Owen a bit of a hard time recently, so I you know I I receiving a tip from a senior source I said we're hearing like, don't shoot the messenger nothing's confirmed that <laughs> Owen Jones might be good again. He was campaigning recently in Norwich, wasn't he? But yeah, anyway, so I I tweeted that and the response was. Uh, tumultuous uh, andreas friend of the show who we might have yeah. at some point on the show because yeah, he yeah, yeah. keeps getting suspended <laughs> yeah. what, is this like his third or fourth account he's on now it's, 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 yeah. it's ridiculous yeah yeah i keep being like oh i'm not following andreas and then i see him like then the twitter cops have just fucked his shit up again and what's his current account <laughs> just so we can give him a bit yeah. of so get his followers back up because that's going to be the idea if we have him on the show because he, he needs is a good account he's a good follow andreas absolutely yeah. that's quite quite looking at somebody purely in terms of their contribution to twitter uh, he's a good account uh, no he a good a good person a good human being um a a human man oh that we'll get to ian dunn in a minute Andreas is at Eugene Parmigian. Oh, there we go. I am following him, yeah. Andreas von Lipvig, editor-in-chief at The Telegraph. So, <laughs> G- is it, was it Was it was it Eugene at Eugene Parmesan? It's the... Eugene Parmigian now. Maybe Eugene Parmesan was the previous one. All right, it's at E-U-G-E-N-E-P-A-R-M-E-G-I-A. We've got it. We have it. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Okay. So... (laughs) so, You were right there. So, the response was... um, Not wholly positive to our tweet. (laughs) To our U-turn on the Owen Jones issue. There was... uh, Andreas came down very hard on us. Demanded a full investigation. And and we actually are all going to tr- going to trial in a few days. Yair is Naturally. Uh, basically in his absence from a podcast. Yair has noticed that some things have gone a little bit, a bit ideologically squiffy. Squiff, yeah, a bit squiffy. A bit there's, there's something something don't smell right, governor. So a bit of a pen and ink. So the rest of us are going to be put on trial, essentially. <laughs> so that's going to happen. So I'm sure we can touch on this issue there of who sent the did, twi- did we decide we are or aren't doing gulag jokes? <laughs> um, well, it's up to you, isn't it? Let's keep the listeners in uh, suspense for now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so a lot of people criticised us for what they saw as a confusing u-turn a, a baffling um 
embrace of Owen Jones. <laughs> um, which, which tweet were we doing this on? Was this quite recently? Was yeah, it? yeah, this is last night. I was not informed of this. I was, I, I had no. You, you over, you <laughs> over. So you're claiming the, innocence. Uh, the democracy <laughs> of the group to say that Owen Jones is good now. You know what? <laughs> I want us to remain 100% unequivocally anti Owen Jones. Well, fuck you trying to build bridges, you <laughs> fucking cunt. <laughs> so we drew some heavy criticism there. But I knew all along that Kieran wasn't going to stand for this. I noticed he hadn't been tweeting, he hadn't been responding to messages. I knew that he was he was away from Twitter. So he would come back and not not be happy not be happy so kieran found out and he instantly uh steamed onto twitter for some donald <laughs> trump style tweets like uh, nice. nobody listens to owen jones's podcast he just did a podcast because he can't come on ours sad like <laughs> <laughs> so really all along it was just a masterful ploy on my part to play two sides against each other, knowing that we had enough breadth of opinion in our collective <laughs> that we'd be able to pull off <laughs> this feat. But yeah, anyway, I'm, if you want to charge me with uh, embrace of ideological criminals, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, when we when we when we do. Uh, take this to the disciplinary proceedings and uh well that's your decision of course <laughs> i mean yeah. i feel i feel i feel the like power is in my I was, hands <laughs> I, was, I was i was given part responsibility of putting out the propaganda against owen jones in visual form and Response. i feel now we're suddenly changing direction i don't know what to do I'm yeah i think to... i think you took the responsibility unto yourself tom <laughs> i think you, you were acting unilaterally when you made the iranian hangmen video <laughs> it's satire okay folks i don't <laughs> hate owen jones come on i was if anything i was, the one that was trying to give trying to, like, kind of, I hear it, now, now hear this as i try to absolve myself and rewrite the history now tom 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 you, you don't have to backtrack on your stance which is that you, you absolutely despise owen jones I, and you, 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 you don't you don't you don't have to cover up your vehement hatred of owen jones tom it's okay because <laughs> kieran will always hate him more than you <laughs> i'm just terrified tom. the photo's gonna get out there of me you know with my arms around owen jones having a, have a nice the, picture taken the I'm owen jones closing. meter it could, i'm worried that this is gonna appear as an episode at work without my approval and it's gonna be edited and it's gonna, and just, <laughs> it's gonna be used against me at every turn and i'll have to resign from the show in just dismay and shame Oh, you know it. Oh, I'm thinking Jack's got it. Jack's got it just lurking on his hard drive, waiting to pull he's out. Got, he's, ah. Well, right now, he's got you saying the words. He just needs to chop it the right way. He is. <laughs> he's got me good. Like how I chopped Owen's words in the video that we put out and stuff. He's going to take it. <laughs> yeah. Please do me in. Well, bowl me. Serves you right, Tom, for you know getting played at your own game. <laughs> I thought I was the master editor in this, but now it, it seems within our... It, Jack has just completely seen me off. Serves you right for, for <laughs> trifling with my close personal friend Owen Jones. <laughs> Owen, let me come on Agit, Agit Pod, please. please. <laughs> Owen, come on the real politics. No, don't. Like, let's not go that far. I, was, I can guarantee one thing that Kieran would not appear on there. Yeah, no, that you, would Kieran be would pretty be, hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, bit, a bit of a huff about that, I think. As would a lot of our fans. <laughs> no, no, some of our fans. Are, I mean, know, when are we getting Blair on? When aren't we getting Blair on? Like, <laughs> I want him to join the show as a full timer. I want the Real Politic podcast to become an offshoot of the Tony Blair Institute. <laughs> <laughs> the funding will be cut off. Wait, do you Russia mean the Guardian? Fighting. <laughs> yeah, Portland <laughs> Communications, the sole output of the real politics. So yeah, yeah, I was fighting for PLO. <laughs> uh, it was invigorating, you know, to fight for a cause that I can truly believe in. Wait, are you coming? Are you coming to us live from Georgia, or are you still out there, you know, in the field? No comment. <laughs> I mean, this is not a secure line. I'm a bit concerned. <laughs> they might send a drone. We'll, we'll just say no comment. Yeah. 
Alright, alright. That that's uh-huh. good that's good enough for me. He's in Tel Aviv. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, my senior Israeli source told me. Oh, did I ever mention I have an aunt who lives in Israel, big Jew, big Orthodox Jew, <laughs> and she years ago she was in the I don't know what their intelligence service is called, but you know their spy network thing. Shin Bet uh, is it? I think that's it. I think that's it. Um, and then she stopped so she could be like stay at home mum for a while, but recently. She got back into that, and she made an international phone call to her dad and told him about that, uh, that she's a spy (laughs) for the Israeli government. And, and, you know, they're definitely screening international calls. Oh, my God. She's just... Why you don't tell people you're a spy? That's like the number one rule. And if you do, you at least use some kind of secure network. <laughs> she told you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's gone around the whole family. I'm pretty sure <laughs> half of America's going to know. Um... <laughs> yeah, the entire audience of a real politic podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spreading the word. <laughs> <laughs> you're a fucking snitch. But but you're snitching uh... <laughs> on a spook, which is good. It's actually good when you reveal that someone's a spy. I mean, well, I don't know if she spied against the states but she spied against europe back in the day oh really mm. i'm not sure where i think it was germany or somewhere but anyway <laughs> where was it but wasn't it like the entire israeli football team got killed or something back yeah in, like, was back it the in, 70s was it 80s yeah I, i'm saying this because yeah. spielberg made that film about yeah, it munich. munich yeah have you seen munich uh yeah i did but uh i was a bit stoned. I'm not going to lie. Same. You're stone you. watching a Spielberg film. It all just passes by you. It's a running dread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not to like shit on Spielberg or anything like, but when we when there, we we turn to other film, we think there's other, a lot more filmmakers out there who creatively engage us a lot more. I think. I like Spielberg. Yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm not saying he's terrible. I, just, I, just, you know, I think he's all right. But like, yeah, no, 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 no. He's not a favorite. He's not a favorite of mine. But I, I really like that run of films between like Saving Private Ryan and Minority Report. And he also did AI Artificial Intelligence in that time. Yeah. I, oh yeah. I think that was a great run of films, and he's done some other great ones. Did any of you see Bridge of Spies? No, no, I didn't no. See Spies. I've been meaning to. With Tom Hanks. Yeah, it was good. The Coen brothers rewrote the script, and it was a pretty solid... Uh, Not necessarily sympathetic to Mm. the communist side, but kind of pro-war thriller. Uh, Pro-war thriller, yeah, 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 (laughs) pretty much, like, but a Cold War thriller. Yeah. (laughs) Cool, cool. Uh, I mean, oh. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Minority Report. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. I find some you of like the more Cruise, famous though. films like uh, Schindler's List to be a bit overblown. I don't know. Yeah, I still haven't but, seen Schindler's Yeah, they, they go straight for the heartstrings and tug yeah, them it's... right off, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I thought of Bridge of Spies, just the one thing about it. It's just like the title is so fucking dumb. Just like it's so <laughs> it's so literal and obvious. Like, literally, the film's about spies and they do the climactic scene of it on a bridge. So, <laughs> so there's a bunch of spies on a bridge. I was really hoping you were going to say the whole film was set on a bridge. <laughs> no. <laughs> that would be no. some avant-garde shit right there. <laughs> it's uh, it was just like on some like tiny little like bridge. Just like, uh, just, just like a nice thing over like in that Monet painting. It's just going over like the pond. <laughs> no, but, but, no, it's, it's like it's like a big fucking like industrial quantity bridge, like that they do a handover on, and then you, spoilers, you see the hostage who they've handed over back to the Soviets going off, and they're like, oh god, are the Soviets gonna kill him? And it's like, oh, okay, maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe. <laughs> they might, they might. I, I don't know, I don't know enough yeah. about, about uh, espionage of the Cold War too say whether the soviets would have just like fucking iced the fucking i mean um, probably wouldn't have been good for that capitalist pig dog which capitalist pig dog the spy who was caught oh i'd fade it yeah 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 they're like swapping an american and and a russian spy all right we'll talk about the election at the end so this is a good segue to go into what we've been watching recently yeah yeah cool 
Um, <laughs> What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Bit excited over there. Damn right. <laughs> I still haven't seen Almodovar's film. I'm so excited. Do you remember Almodovar got fucking done in the Panama Papers? Like, it turned out he was like really? a no. big, big time tax dodger. Like, I was oh, like, really? no. Oh, man. Was... I love his films. I love his cool. films. Yeah, I didn't see either of his last two. I think uh, Julieta was his last one. I need to watch that because yeah. that sounded like a proper return to form. I love, like, the bright colours of his films. Like, they're just kind oh, of... Oh, yeah, like, very loud. so beautiful to look at, yeah, but but not in a kind of fucking not, uh, yeah, tacky gosh way. Not, or anything. Yeah. yeah, and not in a kind of too, like, out-of-this-world kind of, like, Wes Anderson, everything's a Battenberg cake kind of, uh, mm. you know. <laughs> but, uh, very tasteful. But, yeah, what have we been watching? Before you uh, carry well... on with this conversation, I do need to shoot off now, guys. I'm really sorry. Oh, you um, need to shoot off, okay. Uh, yeah, I was you supposed don't, you to go off at half. briefly, do you, about what films you've seen, Tom? I actually sat my mum down and watched. I, I know it's, it fits in with that particular kind of cinema that we've spoken about before quite recently we've seen in films like the kind of the spirit of 45 trend that we've seen with like ken loach's film I, I sat nostalgia. And, yeah exactly I, I sat down and showed her tony ben will and testament just to kind of as an introduction for to kind of see his career and stuff and okay. she enjoyed that stuff and i thought i, thought, I think it's a, you know it's it's not like film it's gives a sort of rounded even though it sort of misses off some of the more important like quite interesting elements of that period in his well, career it, it hardly touches yeah it hardly touches on some of the really interesting parts which is actually covered in documentaries a lot better between 74 and when were you going to say 74 and 78 you know the documentary that's on youtube which covers his kind of maneuverings in those oh, years it's actually oh, a really good little documentary but i showed my mum uh, will and testament she thought that was all right she enjoyed it and stuff Fair. i oh, i mentioned on the last episode with june that i watched been which we're going to talk about at some point alongside Cromwell. But yeah, the, what's the name of that documentary, uh, Jack? The Tony Benn one? Yeah, which covers his career and like, yeah. uh. Against the Tide, 1973 to 1976, which is an hour-long documentary. Really very quaint, just him interviewer talking about his movements in that period. But, you know, if you want a, a better assessment of the finer details of a lot of what he was doing at that really important time, trying to shift the Labour Party to the left, have a more radical approach. Against the Tide is probably the best documentary to check out. And also because it draws a lot off his diaries. I believe there was a diary release called Against the Tide, wasn't there, which kind of focuses on that period. Yeah, I think mm. it's an excellent documentary. I, I can't it's recommend re- it enough. Is there anything else, Tom? I've mentioned Winston Lee. Yeah. Oh God! Um, I rewatched. Um, this is a completely random film, really, but I rewatched. Have you ever seen Road to Perdition? It's the like Sam Mendes. I haven't film. actually. Oh, I know it, but no, I haven't. Yeah, like it's kind of like I think that's one of. I think in like in a few more years, I will probably get more of a reappreciation and stuff. Like I, I think it's a lot better than film because a lot of people tend to hold up films like American Beauty by Sam Mendes and stuff, and I'm not really big into like I think I don't think it's really aged that mm. American Beauty. To be I honest. agree, but I think Road to Perdition like, is actually an interesting performance from Tom Hanks in there and playing a more hard-edged character and it's a crime film and it actually features one of the last performances by Paul Newman who was quite visibly ill when he was making it. The so. boy. No, right. uh, Paul Newman. So yeah, I'd put, I, uh, I, I, Paul I, Newman. I think you quite like Road to Perdition. It's more kind of visually driven than dialogue and stuff. It's actually based on a graphic novel as well. So yeah, I, I didn't realise that until years later that it's actually based on a graphic novel. Oh. <laughs> Road to Perdition, Fair I really enough. Watched, worth checking out. Okay, so you got any final messages for everybody before you go, Tom? Uh, fucking vote Labour, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> to all our comrades listening, keep salting the slugs on Twitter. Big You're time. all legends. I love you. Ah, oh, that's <laughs> lovely. All right, Tom. You have a great time at your work, do. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because yeah, I'm running. Being great talking to you again. No, keep it dialectical. Cool. Of course, as always. Glad to have the original three of us back together again. Sound, sound, sound. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll... All right, okay, Tom. Guys. See you in a bit. Keep it real, man. Okay. Take care, Peace. guys. Peace, solidarity. Love you all. But yeah, we can talk for a bit longer. So uh, we were yeah, talking cool. about movies. So what mm-hmm. have you seen? Well, first off, I guess I should mention, as soon as you said that Better Call Saul was on British Netflix, I found a way to watch that. Oh, yeah. And I binged every episode in one day up to where we are now. Seven episodes. Seven episodes, in. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and it's cool. tight, isn't it? It is so good, man. I just Every time I watch that show, I think, they can't possibly... Oh, I'm, I, I just... I, I'm focused on it completely. They keep you wondering what's going on, and then they give you another mystery, and then you're wondering about that mystery, and you forget about the first mystery, and then the first mystery pays off, and you're like, whoa, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just... Poof, poof, poof. 
Oh, it's when. just so like. Remember, actually, when they were about to do the show, they were like, "It's going to be sort of like Breaking Bad, but more kind of like a comedy." And it's mm. like it's far more of like a subtle, nuanced, I think, effective drama than Breaking Bad was at all. Yeah, it's, it's not really kind of like this comic show. There is definitely bits of humor, but oh, absolutely. absolutely. But yeah, I mean, not, they were in Breaking Bad as well. Yeah. yeah, in in fact, in most of the great TV dramas, I'd say there's like quite a lot of funny bits. Like I feel like even the, then, it's the like quite is so down, funny. It's kind of downplayed in Better Call Saul. Like you say, it's subtle. It, even the humor is not very. You know, it's usually in, like, a facial expression or a reaction of some sort, you know? Mm. It's just fucking intense. Yeah, man. So what do what we got? Like, three episodes left in this series? And... I think so, yeah. It's a shame, because it plays out in such a kind of, like, drawn-out... You know, it takes its time. You're almost like, oh, shit, we're seven episodes in. It's almost like yeah. coming to a close. So, you know, yeah, you, so, yeah. you've got to wait a whole year. <laughs> oh, I know. So they've introduced Gus Fring, haven't they? And he's already got his, yeah. drug, his drug business up and running. It seems like they're making him... He was already somewhat sympathetic, I think, in Breaking Bad, but I, I think they're setting him up to be even more sympathetic in this show and at least compared to Hector I could oh, be yeah. completely wrong but he seems like the good guy versus Hector well Hector is a bit kind of <laughs> shit just cold as fuck <laughs> yeah but maybe we'll see a different side to Gus. Maybe we'll see why he has been able to operate in the drug trade mm. so long. So is there anything else you've watched? Film-wise, I watched something called Dangerous Dogs Near, which Dan is a bit of an Dangerous old Dogs one. Dangerous Dogs Near. It's a 1957 Japanese film directed by, just looking at my notes here, Keisuke Kinoshita, which I probably mispronounced completely because I do not know any Japanese, but it was an interesting film. All the action is centered around this family home, very 1950s kind of home, and I went into it, you know, with a title like that and the description. I was expecting, like, kind of crime thriller. It's about three people who try to break into this house and steal something, but the family keeps going out and coming back in, different people get involved. and It's actually a total farce comedy it's oh. really like over the top sort of ridiculous it's it's an interesting watch i'm trying to think what i could compare it to that's a bit less unusual i don't know like almost like a coen brothers film you know like fargo i'm not 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 i wouldn't put it quite up there but it's got that same tone of black humor have you heard there's a new season of fargo out the TV series. Yeah, I believe you told me the other day. Have, have you found any any way to watch it? I have not. No, and that's uh, You've like seen the last two seasons. Yeah, I have. I thought they were both great. Like I was, yeah. I was really surprised by how the show like just translated so well to. Well, it. I mean, it's. I say that, but it's not really an adaptation of anything. It's just a good mm. story that kind of jacks the style of the Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. And it's excellent. I like that they're all disconnected stories. So every season you get told the whole story instead of feeling like, oh, I've got to wait a whole year to find out what happens next. You know, instead yeah. you still are anticipating the next season, but you know what happened already in yeah. this story arc. Exactly. I think they are sort of connecting them slightly, though. They're using sort of like, they're having like, mm. Older and younger versions of characters. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Am I remembering right that there are little like references, aren't there, beyond the fact that they're all set in the same universe? Yeah, and they do reference like a lot of different Coen Brothers films as well. Like uh, they're sort mm. of like always like there'll be a shot which is like designed like something in No Country for Old Men. Yeah, it's it's a really good show, so I'm looking forward to that. And the, the other thing that's been on TV recently is Twin Peaks. Yeah, and speaking of which, the other thing I started watching finally is the original Twin. Twin Peaks. I'm oh, yeah? only like three episodes in, but yeah, I'm, I'm on that stuff. What are you making of it? What's your like first impression of the original Twin Peaks? Oh man, well, David Lynch, it's it's good stuff. I mean, like the first couple episodes definitely aren't as weird or surreal as you might be expecting. It's a bit just. There's definitely the stylistic elements of Lynch, but mm. it, it feels more traditional. But as you go further in the story, things do 
they're starting to get a bit weird where I am, and I have a feeling it's only going to get weirder. Yeah, so I'm, absolutely. I'm, I'm psyched. The pilot episode is like 90 minutes long, I think, so it's pretty much mm. like having a new David Lynch film to watch. And they've done that with the new series as well, like the new episode. Yeah, the is, first is episode... Lynch involved in this new season? He is, yeah, but for a while, nice. when, when he thought it wasn't going to get the budget that he wanted, he pulled out, but... In the end, yeah. he, he did direct all 20-something episodes, I think, of the show. Ah, cool, uh, I say cool. I think that's regarding the number of episodes. He definitely directed yeah. every, every single one of them. And uh, him and Mark Frost, the original creator of the show, co-wrote every episode as well. So it's not like, you know, the original Twin Peaks, it had a variety of writers, like a standard kind of American team. It had a variety of directors as well, and especially on the second series when David Lynch had kind of lost interest. He was developing Wild at Heart, and him and Mark Frost had, like, another show, and he was getting cold feet, and the network were, like, breathing down their necks, kind of like, oh, you need to reveal who is the killer of Laura Palmer, which is, like, right. the whole point of the show was just to have, like, a massive yeah. mystery. Like, the mystery just got deeper and deeper and deeper, and then they made them reveal who the killer was in the seventh episode of the second season I, I maintain of the second season i mean it's, it might be worth watching all of it if you're like a big fat if you if mm. you just like really like the vibe of the show then like fair enough but shit like ben horns just like fucking like going mad and like playing with model trains it's just like it's so fucking boring <laughs> uh and like and that season's got like 20 episodes it's just like man come on there's just all this kind of shit going on that you just like don't care about and they revealed who laura palmer's mm. killer is in episode seven so out of just, 20 wow yeah yeah <laughs> they do end the series really well though season two does have like a great couple of final episodes and yeah. that was the final season at the time yeah that was the final Final season. Yeah. Then Lynch directed a prequel movie called Twin Peaks Fire Walk with Me, which I went to see uh -huh. at, at the um, pic at uh, the Picture House in. Uh, fuck, like I've completely forgotten where in London it is. Like that's yeah, that's my my knowledge <laughs> of the city I live in. <laughs> but, but it was London it, intelligentsia. Yeah, the intelligentsia right here. Um, but yeah, I went to see Twin Peaks Firewalk with me, and it's not the first time I've seen it. I've watched it a few other times, but I've always maintained it. it's a really underrated film. Mark Frost wasn't involved in it. But I mean, to be honest, it's great to have him involved in the show again. But Mark Frost is a bit of a fucking idiot. He's always just tweeting, <laughs> he's always just tweeting like hashtag Trump Russia and just like he's just oh, such God, a like yeah. he's such like just a bait liberal cunt. But I mean, he's a good writer and like experienced TV writer who it was important having him on board to like get Twin Peaks off the ground because he knew how to work within the parameters of television. But um, as the second series became just more guided by his vision, it did fucking go off the rails a bit. But the movie, uh, I think, is great. It's just, like, super dark. It's a proper, like, precursor to Lost Highway. Lynch's oh, film nice film, from nice film. 97, which I think is maybe actually uh, my favourite film by Lynch. I think Mulholland Drive yeah. is amazing as well. The new series actually reminds me of that kind of fire walk with me Lost Highway vibe as well, rather than just kind of going straight back into the town of Twin Peaks. And, you know, everyone's there. Oh, here's all the old favourites. Oh, it's a damn good coffee. Dale Cooper's, like, you know, immediately back to normal uh, despite i won't spoil it because you're in process of watching the show <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah and, i managed um, to somehow avoid all spoilers for what 20 oh, years now yeah it's it's got that same like kind of elliptical fucking dark grimy vibe as like the twin peaks movie and lost highway and i'm mm. fucking i'm deep into that there are like four episodes i think they've done so far have been I, I think pretty good and so i'm i'm into that especially as, as it's the first thing lynch has directed like substantially not counting like a fucking yeah. eight minute film about a printing press he did uh, and a fucking Duran Duran concert film or some shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Um, the first substantial thing he's directed since Inland Empire in 2006. Yeah, he really went off film for a while, didn't he? Yeah, he still isn't fond of. Uh, it, it, was it, the it was disagreements of with, film. like, the Hollywood model, wasn't it? Something like that? Yeah, I think so. And I think he's just saying, like. Not having enough artistic control. Yeah, yeah. he said he thinks the art house is dead. And there's I watched an interview with him recently mm. where he, he was like, the art house is dead and then when the interview is trying to get him to elaborate on his question he says back to him so you know the art house is dying and lynch is like it's dead 
It's you know, it's it's not. It's already <laughs> died. So yeah. I mean, When's he going to make a show about who killed the art house cinema? <laughs> Which the network is just like, come on, you've got to reveal it in a minute. Was it? Was it? Was it? Was it Michael Bay <laughs> when he made Pain and Gain his, his art house film? Was it? Was it some fucking Poetry. fast superhero? Do not cunt? insult Pain and Gain. That, that's the greatest film. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, have you, what have you been watching? I've just been watching like these fucking prestige TV dramas, man. Like, <laughs> what? Is the thought? new Twin Peaks on Netflix as well? No it's not i've been watching it on now tv that's where okay. i've been watching the new episodes of veep as well which is, is oh, really nice. funny you know it's not kind of lost its charm like having lost mm. fuckload of its uh, well pretty much all its british writers if anything it's better is he in Uchi involved still <laughs> nah he's or? not he basically i think he's just he wanted to like move back to britain a couple of years ago so so he quit the show. i think it's the second season they've done without him and the first one they did without him was great as well they basically they, yeah. i think they handed it over to one or more curb your enthusiasm writer it, yeah it's really good oh yeah veep is a fantastic show like uh without spoiling it like what are they doing now because didn't she she lost the presidency yeah and all that, the election at the end of the last season so what's happening basically? well it it's quite funny because like you know obviously hillary clinton lost the presidency you don't yeah. need to, to point that out to anyone did so, she really oh. yeah so for those of us who are wondering like what the fuck is she actually doing like i know eric garland said in the game theory thread that she's like you know just waiting for a moment to strike like she's uh, she's planning the resistance's next move and, you know, <laughs> what the fuck does does somebody the like resistance that yeah what does somebody like that actually do and so it's like about selena meyer she tries to get a position on like the supreme court she starts writing a memoir or having it go of for it and um <laughs> she tries to set up a foundation which all all the standard sort of stuff do. you do after you leave office yeah yeah exactly so it is actually uh, still really good and there's still like enough material for it as well nice nice gonna have to find a way to watch that as well so speaking of politics as our there's american been some news <laughs> there has been some news yeah. uh, firstly as our american correspondent what's been happening in the america <laughs> um, well, I know that in Montana, the Democratic Senate candidate lost to the Republican. It might have been Congress. I always mix those things up. Oh, really? <laughs> but, was it some yeah, fucking but... centrist mush? Some fucking chud? It, it was... I, I don't think either of them would have been brilliant, but yeah, apparently the Republican started a GoFundMe campaign sometime in the last year to raise money to buy a pair of skis. Because he already owns a pair of skis, <laughs> and he shouldn't have to buy a second pair. Fucking you know? legend, mate. <laughs> He's also Mad. a tax dodger, of course. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. And on the day of the election, I think think it was a punch it might have been just like a shove a very forceful shove but i believe he punched a journalist <laughs> so, uh... i like this guy all of a sudden he's really winning me over I, he lost me on the tax yeah. dodging but on the journalist punching <laughs> i i am fully on board that yeah, yeah. Republican. so well, i got that to look forward to in a month now i'm gonna be moving up there other than that all of american politics that isn't protest seems to be centered around like you know russia, <laughs> russia. it's amazing they managed to fucking string it out for so long it's just a new like russia story every day and i'm just like hang on yeah this is still what they're preoccupied with like they haven't thought how how can we like address the situation in which we we are living yeah. living under this hard right government that controls like you know all the branches of government? Yeah. Um, this sort of like broad coalition of the radical right from the fucking I guess most for mainstream Democrats. The worst uh, yeah, yeah, thing about yeah, Donald sorry. Trump is that he's Donald Trump, not that he's a Republican. So yeah, they want yeah. to get rid of him so that at least this nice sane Mike Pence can come in. Yeah, and fucking fire. He'll be so much better, won't he? Not, yeah, you know? Pence. The <laughs> Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring on the fucking, like, mandatory electroshock therapy for yeah. you know, anyone with a queer bone in their body. Like, fucking... Ah, he's such a cunt! 
He's, yeah, at the very best, he'd just be another George Bush. That's another thing as well. Like now that he's in office, Trump is just becoming like more and more just of like some neocon dickhead. Like I'd like to blast him for his like overtly fascistic elements, but it's not like some people say like Steve Bannon's just running the show. The Republican yeah. establishment is just like realizing, okay, this guy has got like such a weak infrastructure. He basically doesn't have control of like the republican machine and he doesn't have enough like people close to him because he doesn't trust anyone who like (laughs) really know how to like run a government so they're just like well we're competent at being evil didn't trump say the other day that he's going to stop giving press conferences (laughs) that's it twitter's where you find his word (laughs) all right well i mean it's a bit like me really twitter (laughs) you mean you don't give press conferences i i this is our press conference yeah yeah. Uh, so (laughs) Uh, we're taking questions from the public now (laughs) we are send them in this is live remember we said earlier oh yeah we are live we are (laughs) live live. send in your questions folks send in your potential charges that yair can put to us when he puts us on trial the phone number will appear below our pictures on the screen yeah (laughs) definitely we'll just let's we'll give out our phone numbers we'll give out our home addresses We'll dox ourselves for you. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're worth it. We'll reveal all our alts, everything. Our special guest this week, Joanne Green. Take it away, (laughs) Joanne. Anyway, so Yair, you have participated in the democratic process recently, haven't you? You've sent a postal vote. Yeah, the other day I cast my ballot for UKIP, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Was it UKIP's Warwick parliamentary candidate? Bob Dylan. I mean, they just, (laughs) they sold it to me. The fact that they're now a UK independence party that doesn't need to get independence anymore. So I was just like, yeah, I'm going to go with them. That that seems like a solid choice. (laughs) Fucking ridiculous. I forced myself to put the X in the box for Anna Turley, that melt. Absolute (laughs) melt. Who Paul Mason just saw off like a year ago. It was like, I hope you get deselected. (laughs) I'm still pissed that she never answered my email. It wasn't yeah. like swearing or anything. It wasn't. It was just... very reasonable. Yeah, but that's new labor for you, I guess. They're pricks. They're total pricks. I don't think John Ashworth got back to me as well, bastard. Total he's, pricks. In the, he's in the shadow <laughs> cabinet now. He's shadow health secretary. And he's not been bad at it. I guess he's busy, but mm. I mean, what's Anna Turley got to do other than hate Jeremy Corbyn. Like, yeah, no, fuck that's... all. It's just, it's just go, go, go along to like the progress meetings where they're just like, care not car parks, care not car parks. <laughs> you can only invest in one good thing at a time. Yeah. Like, they've just got like a health economist on stage in the fucking stocks. They're just pelting him with raw veg. Like, Jesus fuck you, Christ. Dr. Dan Howden. Like, you piece of shit. Care not car <laughs> parks. Care not car just... parks. Classic divide and conquer, isn't it? Ah, ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, I've heard that Labour is doing better and better in the polls, though still not quite in the lead, am I right? Yeah, so we're recording on Sunday the 28th of May, yeah. and as of today, there have been two polls that have come out in the last couple of days, which show Labour at 38%, with the Tories at either 43 or 44%. So, uh, mm, yeah, a, a I heard Tory about a five-point lead... difference. Yeah, a Tory lead of either five or six points. And there have been other polls that have come out. One that showed a more a pretty considerable lead for the Tories, actually, like about 10, 11 points. I think that was, I think that was from ICM. <sighs> that, that, was, that was a big outlier. Um, but there were other polls that have come out that have fit the trend of Labour rising and the Tory support declining. That yeah. seems to be the general pattern. I mean, for the most part, up until like this somewhat positive news, I've just been hoping that, you know, all the polls have been wrong for the last, like, three major European <laughs> and American elections, so... Yeah. Well, they do always weight them to make them look worse 
for Labour than the results yeah, I'm actually sure. show. But and it, no, it's not some like conspiracy thing. It's because at the last election, a load of people voted Tory who said they were going to vote for other people. So to take into account the so-called shy Tory phenomenon, it's they... almost like you should get judged for voting Tory. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> it's almost like you should feel deeply fucking ashamed. Um... <laughs> <laughs> to your but, very core man. Yeah, it's like you should feel shy. You should feel fucking scared to go out and public if you vote Tory <laughs> fucking cunts pieces of shit fuck you um, yeah. <laughs> like no we're, no this is you took the words gonna, right out of my mouth yeah we're gonna have to get into this thing of like oh you've got to be a nice respectful it's just a different view no it's not it's not it's not a different view <laughs> they're not writing oh, this is an essay i've written it's just for intellectual purposes they're writing a fucking cross by somebody who's going to vote to fucking kill the most vulnerable in society. Fuck off, mate. Yeah. Get out of here. Suck Quite simply, shot. if you support the conservatives, you support innocent people dying. Yeah, you That's... support fucking yeah. like them being like, yeah, disabled people are like, yeah, you're, you're fit for work. And then they're just like, how do I cope with this? And then they fucking kill themselves. Like, as fucking hundreds, 2,000 people oh, yeah. died after being uh, declared fit for work by the DWP under the Conservative yeah. Party. The UN Human Rights Commission investigated that and found that they were violating human rights. It's fucking disgusting. These people make me fucking sick. So there's the shy Tory phenomenon, but... I don't actually think that'll be uh, as much a factor in this election because if you haven't noticed politics in the last couple of years, it's got pretty sort of strident. Everybody is like, this is where I am. Like, the right are like, yeah, I'm fucking like ultra nationalist, fucking hate immigrants, that's the way it is. Love 1950s Britain, like, bring that back. And the left are just like, yeah, actually, I'm a communist. Like, they're just, <laughs> like, the left have just got so sick of everything that they're just like, you just, just fucking just burn it all salt the slugs uh and the centrists have just become similarly kind of extreme in their perspective yeah, it's just the, the extreme, extreme center, center man like they'll take any right-wing position to disagree <laughs> with the left but they'll still insist that they're so much better and so much different to the right in every way <laughs> So... Yeah, I mean, their leader openly is homophobic, whereas the Tory leader is only homophobic behind closed doors, I'm sure. <laughs> She's homophobic in her voting record as well. I think she voted against repealing Section 28, the piece of legislation, which forbade schools for teaching that homosexuality mm. was on the same level as heterosexual relations. So... Yeah, like, they're, they're just a fucking rotten bunch, these Tories. Like, what, like, 7% of the population want to fucking bring back fox hunting, and they're gonna have a fucking Fuck vote on that for, like, no, just no reason. Like, fucking... Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> fucking Tories, man. <laughs> Lost Lib for Dems. words in the anger. Yeah, what what do you think about the Lib Dems? What have you, what, from across the pond, what have you observed about the uh, Lib Dem campaign? They seem very similar to a lot of the Democrats I know around here, where it's, you know, like, like you already said, they tend towards the right in order to sort of take down any opponents that are to the left because socialism is such a scary, scary concept to them. Like, they could potentially have been, like, allies in a coalition years ago, but they went with the Conservatives. But they're so different, they're, they're not conservatives yeah. they just they just side with conservative yeah it's really fucking craven at this point so like corbyn made that speech yesterday where he said that basically we need to rethink our foreign policy that western foreign policy had led to people well basically it hadn't prevented terrorism it had oh, in yeah. fact contributed to radicalization of people that had seen people carry out terrorist attacks so uh, i mean this yeah. is stuff that most experts academics people in the field would like concede it's just like a fucking basic point like it's so obvious but instantly tim farron came out and was like jeremy corbyn's remarks disgusting insensitive <laughs> Uh, he's playing political football with a tragedy that, of course, happened in Manchester a few days ago. Yeah, yeah. 
and the Lib Dems, like, during the Blair era, they basically sort of defined as a party who were, like, sceptical of these Western interventions a lot of the time. They, were, they didn't mm. think the Iraq War was a good, yeah. um, good idea. They thought that Blair had infringed civil liberties too much in his pursuit of the war on terror. So, I mean, everything that the Lib Dems once stood for is just lying just in the dust. It's pathetic. They're, yeah, they're a, a real kind of pathetic party of snakes. They were paying for a fucking promoted tweet to do the rounds on Twitter with Tim hmm. Farron's tribute to the victims of the Manchester bombing, like a video of it. Because yeah, that's like, not political like, football. <laughs> yeah, that just popped up in my feed. It's like, cause, you know, I, I was like, what the fuck is this here? I don't follow the kind of cunt who retweet <laughs> the Lib Dems. And, and then I, look, I looked and it was fucking promoted. I was like, that's fucking grim. Speaking of the Manchester bombings, I was just going to say... But, uh, you know, it's the same formula we see over and over again of people who feel estranged by a system working and they find something to cling on to. And sometimes it's something like that. And we're going to keep seeing problems like that when we're constantly at war in the Middle East and we are just so staunchly anti-immigrant and anti-welfare as well, just in general. You're going to keep mm. pushing people to the sidelines. And honestly, it doesn't shock me that terrorist attacks happen under conservative governments and i mean look at france for example they've had more terror attacks than england and they have some quite right-wing laws on the books i mean it's worth saying obviously it was a socialist party that was in power yeah, yeah, in I, france I, I for the last few years but i i, I know compared you're not... to us they are conservative <laughs> uh, well yeah compared to us and i think your basic point is right that that government for example participated in the intervention in libya in 2011 and libya in fact it pertains directly to i think salman abadi is his name the attacker mm. and the way that the uk has mismanaged the intervention in Libya. Well, for me, the way to manage it would have been not to have done it. But even on their own terms, they've, uh, they've failed comprehensively. And, uh, yeah, that's incredibly pertinent to this case. But, yeah, like, the French government obviously is... I mean, it has, has been quite sort of Islamophobic and has... After the... Was it the Charlie Hebdo attacks? They implemented sort of martial law. They don't have a kind of sort of spotless record where people can go, oh, but look, it's the left-wing multiculturalist government in France. Uh, I've heard that the, the projects are also getting worse you know, out near Paris, you know, they just... Oh, really? Yeah. No, it's well, not a good place to be poor, well, yeah, despite the be, name of the party. Well, because, I mean, their economy's not in a great state, and the socialist government responded to that with austerity. And, um, yeah. I mean, Macron, now their new president, he was a junior finance minister in the socialist government, and he was yeah, he was one of the people who was an enthusiastic advocate of austerity, and he still is. Of course. Yeah, and, and so... so and he, it was people... also quite uncomfortably close how um, Le Pen was to winning the office, yeah. you know? people are kind of like, still blaming everything on Iraq, eh? Well, France gets terrorist attacks, and they didn't invade Iraq. No, but they have got, like, you know, they've got fucking various Islamophobic laws, and they did fucking invade Libya, mm. so... And, and uh, this yeah. guy went... This guy actually went out to Libya to train, and this was after he'd been reported for yeah, being yeah. Islamic fundamentalist, so as Home Secretary, Theresa May let that happen on yeah. her watch. So, uh, I, you know... I'd they're... even go a step further, and I agree with all those points you just made, but I'd say that a lot of this violence we're seeing... Does it doesn't just stem back to the Iraq war. It stems back to colonial days when yeah. France and Britain had the whole Middle East carved up and just didn't give a fuck. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, something like the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is still... Mm. I mean, there's obviously multiple historical forces that went into that, but one of them was British imperialism. Mm. That and, then, and then you've got, the later on, in I believe the 60s, was it? you got America giving Israel the bomb. And, and I believe they received French help. I could be misremembering. I think they did, though, get some French help with the nuclear weapons program. So, yeah, we're in a kind of real dangerous area on foreign policy. I don't mean us in our conversation. I mean, I mean, <laughs> the fucking world. Yeah, it is a really dangerous area because this infantile level of discourse has become so kind of widespread and accepted. Like, it's really, I mean, in Britain, like the reaction to Corbyn in a lot of areas, I thought people would kind of laugh at it because it's like Bush era. It's like two thousand. Basically, like the whole 
whole sort of like the peak of war on terror but just like say mm. pick out 2004 as a random year you'd have sort of anybody who criticized george bush they'd be called un-american anti-american yeah uh, you know just unpatriotic this really kind of like just stupid fucking brain dead moronic and fucking evil level of debate and that's the same in Britain. Like, David Cameron came out and he called Corbyn a Britain-hating terrorist sympathiser. Yeah. This should have been, you know, every one of these fucking adults, fucking grown-up people with fucking university degrees who know that things aren't that simple. They should have all come out of this and said, this is, a, like, this is fucking neo-McCarthyist, this is laughable, this is like the kind of jingoism of the Bush era, this is a child's understanding of international affairs... But no, because they think so little of the public, they're like, well, they're going to believe that shit, aren't they? It's powerful. But, you know, as well as them thinking that the public are thick cunts, that's partially because they're thick cunts. So they hear that, they're like, yeah, 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 no, Britain's good, isn't it? It's like, yeah, but imperialism is uh, it's good. It's, yeah, it's good. It always works. What, you're blaming us for terrorists? Pff, idiot. And... It, of course, Corbyn's not, like, blaming the West solely for fucking terrorism. Like, anyone distorting his views. Like, when Tim Farron came out and said he was basically doing that. Like, Tim Farron yeah. himself has said similar things to what Corbyn said yesterday in the past. <laughs> Andy Burnham came out and said, I disagree with Corbyn's views. And then he said what his view was. And it was yeah. Corbyn's view. <laughs> it's so, like, anybody who fucking, like, knows anything knows what Corbyn's saying is true. But these people, they try and kid themselves into saying, well, I don't believe quite that. It's like, what, you don't believe the fucking basic facts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God. God. So what, what are your other thoughts on the election, then? I want to wrap up in a minute. Um, but... I think that's most of my thoughts really said. Can't wait to see how it's going to turn out. I do have a minor tangent, which I discovered the other day, that the bags that I get my prescriptions in from the local pharmacy, they all say, we support the troops. <laughs> <laughs> the level of jingoism is unreal. That's fucked up. Like, how does that even happen? Like, they're just like, uh, they, they were like privatizing, like, every little tiny bit of, like, your state's health service. And they were like, who fucking wants to buy, like, this bit? And then the military were like, ooh, ooh us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, yeah, just we, support we'll those troops. You can never forget to support the troops, even when you're just taking medicine. It's, it's not a <laughs> That's brilliant. I, I'm just trying to think. You got any closing it. thoughts? Any closing thoughts? That's a good one. <laughs> well, I've, t I've talked about a lot. Um, you know, I talked about the Bob Dylan show I went to in the last episode. Talked about Twin mm. Peaks Firewalk with me already. No, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty down, to be honest, for, uh, you know, us just to sort of uh, get the fucking boys are back in town on and play, uh, play <laughs> yeah, our man. beloved listeners out. Yeah, like I said before, it's good to be back on. It's great I'll to have you back, man. record that thing with you later this week, and hopefully I should be back on other times as well. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Okay, guys, you've been listening to The Real Politic Podcast with Jack Frain-Reed, Tom Foster, and... Yeah, Welcome back, man. Fucking great Ooh. to have you back. Anyway, all right. Peace, guys. All right, guess who just got back today? <laughs> Oh man, my god, I'm gonna have to leave you up there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, well, we got an hour before You know that chick oh, that used to dance a lot? Every yeah, night she'd be on the floor yeah, shaking what she got. Man, when I yeah, tell you she was cool, she was red hot. I mean, she was steaming. And that time over at Johnny's place, well, this chick got up and she slapped Johnny's face. Man, we just fell about the place. If that chick don't want to know, forget her. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. I said. The boys are back in town. 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 The boys are back in town.